Welcome to the Lifting for Women Made Simple podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you achieve your health and fitness goals through lifting and sustainable solutions. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a loyal listener, get ready to learn, grow, and lift with us. Today, we are talking about fitness myths. So a few weeks ago, I asked a question and the question was, what is something regarding health and exercise that you used to believe, but you found out wasn't actually true? And I got some interesting responses and I figured if people once believe these things, I'm sure there are other people who have as well and even people who still have these beliefs. So today we're gonna shed some light on these things, talk about the truth and hopefully give you guys some tangible information, tangible tips to take away and improve your health. So first things first, a comment somebody, an answer somebody gave was, don't lift weights because it will make you bulky, make you look like a man, and you will have a higher chance of getting fat because as soon as you stop, your muscle turns into fat. So that was a lot, but let's break it down. So I think, first of all, people use the word bulky wrong. They don't actually know what bulky means. And a bulky look comes from, first of all, bulky means to take up more space. And a bulky look comes from having a lot of body fat covering your muscles. And lifting weights does not increase your body fat. It doesn't cause you to have more fat covering your muscles. This ultimately comes down to nutritional habits that either are conducive to helping you keep your body fat low or decreasing your body fat or nutritional habits that make you gain more body fat. But lifting weights itself is not what is causing you to have a bulky look. And as long as you have a high body fat percentage, you'll always have a bulky look. And if you think about it, the way I like to explain it to people is think about bulk season, like when it gets cold outside and winter comes, people are like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do a bulk. And when people do a bulk, they go into it knowing that they're going to put on a lot of fat during, not a lot of fat, but put on more fat during the bulk. But it's not because of lifting weights, it's because of their diet. They're intentionally eating more to gain more muscle which also comes with the price of gaining more fat. So it always comes down to how much fat you have. And then after that, after that bulk, people will like really go hard and try to um, shred and tone down to a body fat that they're um, happy with while trying to maintain the muscle that they put on during the bulk. So being bulky is really ultimately just coming down to how much fat you have. Hope that makes sense. Um, and next part of this, when people say weightlifting is going to make women look like men, I really don't think that they understand how much strategy and discipline it takes to even get that muscular, that you look manly, which is all relative and subjective to your perception, but it takes a lot of discipline to put on muscle. So, um, I don't think people realize that. And honestly speaking, Majority of people do not have the knowledge, number one, and most importantly, don't have the discipline to even get to that point. So if you're lifting, if you're not lifting weights and not strength training because you have the fear that you're going to get too muscular or too bulky, you're doing yourself a disservice because one, you're likely not even going to put in the work to get to that point anyways. Two, lifting weights is not going to make you bulky. 
it's always going to come down to the stuff you're doing outside of the gym, what you're putting into your body and how consistent you are. Uh, next part of this. So they said, if you lift weights, you will have a higher chance of getting fat because as soon as you stop, your muscle turns into fat. And people always say, oh, I want to turn my fat into muscle or vice versa. And that's like saying you want to turn the salt in your cabinet to sugar. It's not happening. So what really happens is fat, you have to understand that fat and muscle are two different types of tissues in your body. So what really happens is there can be a decrease in how much fat you have, which most people want, or they can be an increase in how much fat you have. And then when you when it comes to muscle, you can increase how much muscle you have and you can decrease how much muscle you have. So if you stop lifting weights, you may lose muscle and increase how much fat you have, but you're not going to just stop lifting weights and then all of a sudden your muscle turns to fat. Two different things, intricate details, but I think it's important that people understand what's actually happening. All right, that one is debunked. That's the truth for that one. Next thing someone said is focus on cardio if you want to lose weight. Then once you lose the weight, start lifting. And no matter what your goal is, whether you want to lose weight or gain weight, you need to be lifting weights. You need to be doing some sort of resistance training. And when it comes specifically to weight loss, lifting will always trump cardio for weight loss. There's no need to wait to initiate uh, lifting weights, especially if you want to lose weight. And the reason for this is because when you weight train, you build more muscle. And I know some women hear that. I was like, oh, but I don't want to build muscle. Go back to the first point and realize that you're not going to become very muscular just by picking up weights. But you can increase and you will increase your muscle mass, which is something that you actually may not realize, but it's something that you want to happen if you want to lose weight, because the more muscle mass you have, it doesn't have to be like a physical thing that you can see. But on a physiological level, the more muscle mass you have, the more energy and the more calories your body is going to use to even maintain that muscle. So when you get into calories in and calories out, you're going to want to have that muscle on you, which is going to be a cheat code because when you're not in the gym, your body is still going to be working to burn calories to sustain the muscle that you have built when you're in the gym. So this may not seem very important, but having more muscle over time is going to be more beneficial than having less muscle and doing hours and hours on end of cardio and ending up like with flabby skin. That's not going to give you the look you want and it's not efficient for your body. So if you want to lose fat and you want to lose weight, you want a certain physique, you need to be lifting weights. That's what's going to get you there because you're going to end up doing a lot of cardio and then slowly realize that, oh, maybe I should have been lifting weights and waste my time. So lift weights, do cardio as well, but definitely the focus should be weightlifting if you want to lose weight. All right, let's get into some nutritional stuff. So a answer, a couple answers I got, I'm going to group all the nutritional answers together. So there's four of them, they go hand in hand. So somebody said you can't eat what you like and still lose weight. You have to eliminate certain food groups to lose weight. 
you have to starve yourself to lose weight and carbs are bad for you. So these are all false, but I understand why people may think this because when you think of weight loss, you think that you have to eliminate rice, um, pastas, basically all carbs. You have to cut out your favorite foods. And what this leads to is people following really restrictive diets for a short period of time, maybe a few days or a few weeks, feeling miserable, giving up because it's too hard or they miss their favorite food and they just can't do it for a long period of time. And this can even, this thought can even prevent people from starting and making changes and taking steps to a healthier lifestyle. But when it comes down to it, in reality, it's not really smart to eliminate any food group because our carbs, proteins, and fats, are, which are macronutrients, they all serve a purpose and they all have a role in our optimal function and optimal health. So you can follow a no fat or a low fat, a low carb, no sugar, no anything diet for but so long, and you can get results in the short term, but it can start to introduce health issues down the line. And when you restrict these uh, food groups for a long period of time, you're not gonna feel your best and it can actually lead to um, detrimental things in the future. So I know everybody likes to think of immediate rewards and what results we can get in the short term, but what we really need to do instead is think about the long-term effects of what we're doing and the long-term results that we can possibly have if we go about this the right way, which may be a little slower. Um, but if we go about it the right way in a way that we can actually stick to and actually sustain, it'll be more beneficial, not only for your mental health, but also for your overall physical health as well. So what I'd like to tell people is before going on any diet or making any food changes, you need to ask yourself, can I do this for a long period of time? Can I do this for an extended period of time? Can I see myself eating like this for the next five to 10 years? If the answer is no, then you shouldn't really do that diet to begin with. Now, let me say something, because every time I make statements like this, somebody comments, it was like, but what if you have diabetes? Or Yes, there are exceptions to everything, but on average, you do not want to do that. So yes, there are benefits to certain eating styles, but majority of people without those things do not need to be um, limiting certain food groups. So if you can't do it for a long period of time and you're not dealing with any medical issues, then you probably shouldn't do it. And the reason I'm saying that is because when you get off this diet or when you stop or when you're trying to do this for a long period of time, you're likely going to revert back to the same habits that you had when you first started. You're going to start indulging in all the foods that you were craving because you completely eliminated them. And you're more than likely going to gain the weight back and even more. And you're going to be back at square one looking for the next restrictive diet to do. So finding something that is more sustainable for you, having things in moderation, things that make you feel good is really important. Uh, next one, carbs are bad for you. So it's a very common misconception to this day that carbs are not good and that you have to completely eliminate them in order to lose weight. But carbs are actually really good for you and they're also necessary. They're good for you, especially if you're gonna be training, but they're also a necessary macronutrient because carbs give our body our source of energy. Our main source of fuel is carbs. Yes, you can use fat 
for energy with us more so if you're running a marathon or doing anything um, endurance wise, but on a day-to-day -day basis, our mental function, our cognitive function, our physical function, majority thrives off of carbs. So when you start to eliminate carbs, if you've ever done a low carb diet, you realize that you're very low energy. Um, it might be hard to focus, things like that. So it's really, it's really essential. And then if you're going to be in the gym, you want to have energy to perform. You want to have energy to um, be able to complete your workouts and not feel lightheaded or anything like that. So you don't need to completely eliminate carbs in your diet, but you do have to watch, obviously, the amount of carbs that you eat because carbs do become bad for you if you eat them in excess, if you eat too much of them. And that's for anything. If you have too much of anything, it's bad for you. So instead of saying carbs are bad for you, you need to start looking at the type of carbs you're eating and pay attention to how certain ones make you feel. A lot of carbs do make you feel energized at first and then you kind of get that uh you kind of get that crash which you don't want so paying attention to the quality of carbs and the amount of carbs is important and ultimately how these things make you feel next the scale and bmi are the best metrics for your health so let's talk about the scale the number on the scale which people need to know the number on the scale represents the total weight of everything in your body. So this includes your water, the carbs in your muscles, your muscles, your bones, your fat. So when you see that number, you don't know how much of each is in your body. You don't know how much fat you have compared to muscle. You only see that arbitrary number on the scale, which can be a decent metric to use if you have other solid habits in place. But if you're someone who is struggling with anxiety or any like fear or any anxiousness when you step on the scale, you likely shouldn't be stepping on the scale that often, number one, because it doesn't give you important information besides that, that number. Um, then when you get into BMI, if you've had an annual physical, everybody has had an annual physical um, at some point in their life, they'll do BMI, which is essentially a way to assess your risk of certain preventable diseases or like chronic diseases, um, cardiac disease, metabolic disease, so um, like diabetes. So basically they take, they do a calculation based off of your height and your weight and they tell you um, how obese you are or if you are obese. And this is a good measurement in terms of risk factors for certain diseases, but without other metrics and other information about a person, it's really useless. And the main downfall to it is the fact that it does not take into account how much muscle mass you have and how much fat you have. So with that being said, a better metric for your health, there are tons of better metrics than BMI. A better metric for your health would be taking circumference measurements, which gives you an idea of where you are in terms of fat. So if your circumference measurements are going down, you know that you're losing fat. Um, I say circumference measurements because it's really cheap. It's an easy way to do it. All you need is a tape measure, but there are also other ways to get an actual body fat measure. Now, they're not that readily accessible and available, and they are expensive, but things like um, x-ray analysis, a water displacement test, those things 
give you better information than just the BMI. And um, another thing that's really helpful is uh, a DEXA scan. You can find them cheap, like $100 to get them. I'm actually getting one next week after I get back from vacation. But it essentially tells you how much muscle mass you have. So if I get on the scale, if I um, do my BMI, it says I'm overweight, probably obese, but I do have a good amount of muscle. So I want to see how much muscle compared to fat I have, and I'm going to do that every six months. So using these metrics are a good way to really take a holistic view at your health instead of using these metrics that don't really give you that much useful information besides your risk for certain things. And at that point, it's really just probability if you're um, fact, it's probability in genetics if your um, lifestyle habits are pretty decent. And another thing, the more metrics you have, the better. So say I'm using the scale, I'm using circumference measurements, I'm tracking my workouts, um, I'm tracking my blood pressure, my heart rate. All those things are going to trend in the right direction when you're being consistent. So having all these metrics to to see allows you to not just focus on one because one might stall while the others are still improving. So having these different metrics to see how you're doing is important to get, like I said, a better view, a better um, picture of everything that's going on, but also it's better for you mentally because you have different ways to see your progress as opposed to just using the scale or just using BMI calculators. Oh, this is my, this next one is my, I hate this one. Somebody said waist trainers will help you lose your stomach. And waist trainers are great if you want to waste your time and your money. That's the only thing these things are good for. Um, I am so anti-waist trainers. But I had somebody say um, waist trainers, I use a waist trainer because it helps me sweat more. And really, honestly speaking, more sweat has nothing to do with how much weight you lose. You can sit on your ass and wear a waist trainer, sweat a lot, but that doesn't mean you're burning more fat than somebody that's in the gym not sweating at all. And really, when you sweat, all you're doing is losing water. You're not really losing fat. So waist trainers for that reason, if you're using it for that reason, you should probably stop or you're wasting your time. Um, somebody said waist trainers help with form. And the thing with this is waist trainers are really a crutch when you're using it in terms of posture and form because a waist trainer will feel tight around your abdomen, which can help you feel more stable and have better form when you're lifting. But in reality, doing this over time is basically training your muscles to not do its job because the waist trainer is there giving you that sensation of false stability when your muscles are supposed to be doing that job. We have postural muscles, core muscles that are supposed to be used for this exact reason. So when you're wearing your waist trainer all the time, you're basically telling your muscles to shut off and not do its job. And the waist trainer is doing its job. And over time, what that does is, is cause those muscles to be weak. That can lead to back pain. That can lead to other more serious injuries. So instead of using the waist trainer for form, you should really prioritize learning how to truly activate your core in different positions learn how to properly brace, which is going to give you the stability and better form when you're lifting. But wearing a waist trainer is just like putting a Band-Aid over something that needs to be stitched up. It's not truly helping the problem. 
off of waist trainers. I hate talking about waist trainers, but it's important for people to hear that, especially women who live and die by these things that aren't really doing much. So next one, workouts have to be at least one hour to get results. I know so many people that believe this. A lot of the clients that come to work with me initially believe this and they see that they can get results with less than one hour. And this really um, helps them get over plateaus because when you believe that you have to work out for an hour, something may come up and you don't have that hour available to work out anymore and you completely skip your workout. And this could happen a lot and it really kills your consistency, which ultimately kills the progress that you could potentially be making if you just modified your work workout duration and um, did things that were more convenient for you and fit better into your schedule. So all you really need is as little as 20 minutes, 15 minutes even, and it has to be done strategically, it has to be done the right way, it has to focus on um, intensity. So you have to do it in a way where the workouts are challenging you enough to um, elicit the results you want. And you want to focus on big muscle groups because you want to get the most out of the workout for that time. So focusing on exercises that target big muscle groups is going to allow you to burn more calories in that short amount of time, as opposed to if you were to do a bunch of bicep curls and like knee extensions, you're not going to burn that many calories. So having the proper program when you're short on time is really important. You can definitely make result. I mean, get results and make progress with shorter workouts. But like I said, it has to be done effectively. Um, so if you are someone who is struggling with not having time to work out, shorten your workouts, have a plan and go from there. And if you need help with this, feel free to message me um, and we can get you started on the plan. But that was all the interesting answers that I got. And I felt like those would be the most helpful for you guys to know the actual truth about. But if you have any questions or any other myths that you're not too sure about or any or anything, any topics that you want clarity on, drop them in the comments, message me, and I'll go live and talk about it. But for now, if you are serious about taking your health and fitness to the next level, either reach out to me or fill out the form below and let's get started with the plan that's going to help you reach your goals. So that being said, I'm logging off. I'll catch you guys later. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the Lifting for Women Made Simple podcast. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. And I'll catch you in the next episode.